Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who get fatigued after a perception check. <laughs> ah, it's true. It uh, really fucking is. I'm so tired at the moment. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those days where you just kind of like you've been paying a lot of attention to shit and all of a sudden it's like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm old. Dude, that's the worst of all. Like is, is those days where, like, cause we'll, we'll have those days where like, no, I'm still young. And then we'll go out and do stuff for a day. And then we get home. And we're like, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> See, I don't even have the, I'm still young days. It's like, no, I'm I old. Do. No, I'm I, old. I still just- have them. <laughs> Put me out on like an ice cap and push me out into sea. <laughs> I'm I'm done. Um, that's it. <laughs> done. It's a wrap. I mean, my midlife crisis is a podcast with a friend. Uh, um. Okay. Yeah. Just gonna. We're gonna I leave mean, that one there. I mean, to be honest, it could be worse. It could be a ponytail and a motorbike. It could be a lot worse. I'd, I'd much rather a podcast with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> My name is John Santana. I am still Justin. And still Justin, how have you still been this week? I've been good, man. Um, I've got I've got a week off of work coming up this week. Um, so a, a lovely week of sitting right here, actually, um, playing video games and writing stuff. Um, because I started something a while back that I kind of want to finish. Um, so I'll tell you more about it later but um it's something i started and i, I kind of want to finish it um and there's gonna be a lot of crafty stuff to go with it um so it's yeah it's it's a really big project but when it's finished it's gonna be so cool <laughs> yeah that sounds that sounds good speaking of video games um i i spent money today <laughs> what did you buy um i bought um half-life there's a half-life bundle on steam oh. five pounds something and you get yeah. Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2, you get Half-Life 2, Episode 1, Episode 2, oh, dude. Half-Life I... Blue, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's like seven games and it's like yeah. five quid. It's like, yeah, yeah. I need, it's, it's, I need this in my life. That's what the old orange box was. You got all those games in, in literally an orange box. You got like a big cardboard orange box with all of those games on a disc. I bought it when I was younger um, from HMV. Was it HMV? No, what was it before it was HMV? I've always known it as HMV. No, the one that was at the top of town. It's going there was a now. HMV at the top of town. There, there, no, but before it was an HMV, it was something else. Uh, that would be before. It's where, where the I bank grace. is now. That was would before I graced this city with my presence. Somebody get in the comments or on the Facebook page and tell me what it was. Because. <laughs> I'm a, I knew it as HMV and now it is. Yeah, no, it was, it was something before it was HMV. Um, but yeah, I bought it from there back when that was a thing on disc, back when we still had C- functional CD drives on our PCs. <laughs> I mean, I had the orange box as well. I just can't remember it having like the, whatever the blue mm-hmm. fucking game is. Um, yeah, I think that was, that was Opposing Forces. I think it was. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't even but remember it was a lot of fun. having episode two either. Yeah. I think it I, was I, Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2, Portal, Team Fortress. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I've got them and I will be forever wanting to play them because that is me and video games. I mean, so as, as somebody who has been playing Counter-Strike since Counter-Strike was born, 
which obviously is a mod of original Half-Life. Um, it's going to be a very surprising thing to a lot of people who, who know me quite well that I have never played Portal. That is actually a surprise. That is... <laughs> I've never played any of the Portal games. I've played them both. I've now got my eight-year-old on Portal. Mm. Yeah, good times. He's walking, running through it, kind of going, I don't want to listen to GLaDOS. I went, no, you shouldn't. You do, <laughs> you're doing well. You have learned your lesson. <laughs> GLaDOS is telling me to go this way. I don't want to go this way. It's like, good. 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 Go the other way. <laughs> go the other way. Don't listen to GLaDOS. Uh, yeah. GLaDOS is a psychopath. <laughs> See, there is one robot from video games, though, that I would absolutely love to have in my life, and that is Claptrap from Borderlands. I won't have a clue. That, oh, is, that has gone straight over my head. He is you in robot form. He is the most sarcastic little <laughs> robot you'll ever meet. And I love it. I'm here for I, it. I like him already. <laughs> anyway, how have you been? We digress. I've been, I've been really good. Um, big things happening to us. Big mm, things happening yes. in our podcast. There is. Um, one of them is we are going to have a, a go west next week. Yes. Yes. Um, someone all the way from the other side of the pond. Mm-hmm. Someone who has far more experience doing this than us. I mean, that's pretty much everyone, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Someone who's never podcasted before has got more experience than us. Somehow. Yep. We don't know how it works, but it is, it's, it is what it is. They're the people that all employers are looking for. The person who's never had a job before, but somehow has like eight years experience. Eight years experience. Yeah. Yep. I mean, podcasting. Get in my sleep, mate. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, we have, um, <laughs> we have Johnny from uh, Talking XP. He's going to mm-hmm. be joining us next week. So a lot of my week has been kind of going back and forth with him. Um, he's going to be talking to us a lot about stuff he's done, obviously, his his own project, but his latest one, he is doing tutorial videos on Candela Obscura, which is the uh, tabletop role-playing game that was published by Darrington Press. Mm. Um, we don't really cover much critical role sort of things, so it will be good to actually get someone who knows what they're talking about to tell us about this game because if we do it we're gonna fuck it oh i think that just summed up our podcast in general it'd be great to get somebody who knows what they're talking about to uh, tell us what the t- <laughs> see i'm very good at making it sound like i know what i'm talking about but yes <laughs> I, I really don't <laughs> oh no, another, yeah, no. another thing stuff. that um to announce i don't know how much we're announcing yet we we're still kind of in the planning stages but it will mm-hmm. be announced shortly is we are doing a crossover yes we are doing I'm a crossover with the folks over at crossing the nerdverse yes i have dubbed it critting the nerdverse because i am a wordsmith um and it is going sure. to be yeah okay <laughs> let's go with that yeah I do words. I know how to word properly. Um, we <laughs> so we are going to be doing a Christmas one shot and it's going to be Blades in the Dark. Mm. Yours truly will be running the game and yes. I will be subjecting to, for unsuspecting people, my GM ways. And me. <laughs> You know me already, though. So no, no, no. But I mean, we're subjecting them to me. <laughs> That's and my fair. 
god awful dice rolls. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. So mm. I have already got most of the the one shot written. Mm. Um, it's going to be a ton of fucking fun. Yeah. So keep it. posted on threads. Keep posted on on the Instagram, Facebook group, mm-hmm. anywhere you keep up to date with what we're doing, and we will be formalizing i think that's probably the word. yes we'll be formalizing these things shortly yeah but other than that i had my homebrew campaign yesterday um obviously with some changes which i do believe you're going to kind of um, start talking to us about and i will probably fill in the gaps yeah <laughs> yeah because it's I a was, bit more of a me thing, but since we kind is, of separated the, we the responsibilities, I'm going to kind the, of leave <laughs> it up to you and get your perspective <laughs> on it first, and then I will tell you you're wrong. I, You don't know I'm wrong. I might say that it's amazing. I, yeah, you might do, because it is, so... <laughs> exactly. Um, There's no but- real argument. <laughs> No. Um, yeah, but the first of the Pathfinder remastered books are available uh, as of the 15th, I believe. 15th of November, that is correct. Yeah. Um, and it is now completely free from the association with the uh, D&D o- uh, OGL, basically. Yes. That was the, the driving force behind this change. Um. Obviously, without kind of rehashing fiascos and et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. Paizo decided to distance themselves from the OGL and align themselves with the new license that they helped create, which is the ORC. And to do that fully, there were some remnants from the OGL that mm-hmm. essentially needed to go. Um, either go or get reworded in a way where they could not, they could no longer sort of be attributed to the OGL ability scores being one of them. Yep. They're now ability bonuses. So instead of getting a 14, which gives you a plus two bonus, you've just got a plus two bonus. Mm-hmm. Which, to be honest, is a change that I don't see why that hasn't happened sooner. Because it's a words. weird one. Um, <laughs> you probably then, find like a lot of these things that they've had to now legally change with stuff that they just hadn't changed because it was like unnecessary to change, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it was probably pandering to the status quo. Yeah. Um, whereas now, obviously, for legal reasons, they have to change it to be legally distinct from. Yeah. So, yeah. But they have also taken the opportunity to kind of refine and polish up some rules that didn't quite land initially. Mm -hmm. And things like disarm, stuff like that, that people weren't too happy with when when second edition came out. And we just kind of lived with it for, for a few years. So it was... Well, while we're doing this, let's kind of revamp and let's let's fix stuff. Reintroduce the pro- the product. We'll reintroduce mm. it in a different way, where we keep in GM sort of stuff one side, player stuff on the other side, and you know there are some positive changes. 
Some of them I wish they'd have changed, but they haven't. Um, so the whole hero point thing. I like the idea behind it. I don't like the execution, and I think that should have been one of the first things to get changed. I mean, I, I've just highlighted something in the change document, um, which I know is something you were probably just about to mention, but officially the concept of alignment has been removed. That is... <laughs> I mean, that uh, that's just made me so happy since day one. <laughs> since the moment they announced, they announced it. I mean, I, honestly, the other changes, yeah, they're really good. They are really positive um, for players and for GMs. Mm -hmm. But the alignment thing is just glory. It's it is. happiness. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good change, I think, because it's, I mean, honestly, I don't even know many people that even take the alignment in air quotes into consideration correctly. They're, like a lot of people use it as an excuse to be a dick or an excuse to justify something that doesn't maybe make sense and stuff like that. I find quite often is what it gets it like it ends up being used for. I mean, if you, I mean, first of all, the alignment system itself is open to massive amounts of interpretation. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of arguments online about it, and we're not going to really go into the, these no, things no, now. No. We've done it before. But it is also very much open to interpretation mm. as to what a particular alignment is. And it, does and I've always found that people who stick to alignment, they are kind of cutting themselves off mm. from a certain amount of freedom. Yeah. It's like, well, I really want to do this, but because I'm a lawful good character, really I can't. can't. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but lawful good, you know, and they they have to do these sort of moral acrobatics mm. to be able to justify a certain action. It's it's fucking ridiculous. And yeah. I hope that alignment got buried in a mass grave. <laughs> it does not deserve just, just all of the alignments respect. got piled into one hole. Yeah, all of the they alignments. They didn't even fill the hole properly. Nah, took a bit of dirt on the fucking things and let's go. Let's call it a day. Yeah, we don't even want to grow shit here. Fuck that. <laughs> just cement over it and, and build a toilet. So yeah, alignment was was one of the things. There was something that caused panic though. Mm -hmm. Right, so death and dying. Yes. Right, the bro like the the sort bread of and butter of me playing a game. Yes. Yeah. So you would, if you were to play second edition, you would have to learn these rules pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um. So the way it works is, if you go down to zero, you become unconscious. You get a dying value. Okay. All right, dying goes from one to four. If you hit four, you die. You dead. Right? Obviously, feats can modify yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, but anyway, course, yeah. so, but the basic rule of it is that if you are at zero at a dying value and someone heals you, you get brought back up, but you are wounded. Mm -hmm. All right? And wounded also has a value, wounded one to four. However, the wounded value only increases every time you get resuscitated. Right. 
So you go down once, you come back, you're at wounded one. Wounded one, one yeah. Go down a second time, come back, wounded, wounded two. Wounded two. However, if you are wounded one, for example, and go down again, you go straight to dying two. Ah. Right, so it's... So you, you skip X amount of steps. Yeah, so if you're wounded two and you crit, you can die instantly. Mm. Now, it is good for, for character longevity because they, it makes characters hard to kill. Yeah. So what they initially said when they were um when they sent out the press releases for this book and which caused a panic was that the wounded condition would always reflect your dying. So if you were dying too, you went You'd to come wounded back two. at wounded too. Oh. And everybody going, "Oh, it's making the system super lethal." I fucking loved it. I was like, "Yeah, let's do this." going to be great going to be character deaths galore i'm going to have a never-ending supply of erections it's going to be fucking phenomenal and you and wonder then, why people call you a killer gm <laughs> and then they rotted it and like no no guys we made a mistake it's how it should be it's how we originally i was like ah oh, man <laughs> so now i have i have resigned myself to stop being the forgiving gm that i am if I knock somebody down, if Fucking they go kill. to zero, I'm going for the kill unless yeah, they man. do something. Hey, if zombie films have taught me anything, it's you got to confirm your kills. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Zombieland. Double, double tap. tap. Yep, double tap. There you go. So I am double tapping double tap. like a motherfucker. <laughs> so case <sighs> in point. I kind of put that into practice yesterday in my homebrew game. Oh, I didn't kill God. anyone, but fuck me, I was close. <laughs> Those <laughs> poor players. What happened? I don't know. I must be kind of reliving some childhood trauma by killing. <laughs> I don't. Or maybe it's just it's just a vent for my sociopathic nature. <laughs> one, one or the other. Either or. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that that is some good news, though, that the books are out now and people are able to, you know, get hands on and start playing around with some really good changes. Like, I'm not even going to try and be like, oh, you know, meh, 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 because they are. They're good changes. Um, I definitely think that there are some changes that I wish D&D would take over as well, like the throw alignment in the bin thing. Um, there are a few others in there that I saw that look pretty good. Um, but I mean, D and D is also making changes. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pull. Yeah, go for it. I do have so, I do have something D and D related I wanted to share with you in a minute, but I'll let yeah. you crack on. First. Well, I mean, the the D and D changes I was going to talk about was was I think about the thing that you want to talk about, which is the inclusivity language alterations in the core rules. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, some of, some of these changes, I I can get why they've done it. But at the same time, it's like, really? Changing things like fat being removed or changed to big. Does that really need to be changed? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not massively against that. I think, yeah, fuck it. Why not? It doesn't. It's, it's one of these changes that, to me, makes no difference. But to somebody who's reading that book. It might mean the fucking world. So, yeah, go for yeah, it. I and know. I mean, I've read some of the changes and you've told me about some of the changes. Yeah. I mean, I think looking through our sort of prism, they may not be necessary, but looking through others, they may. Yeah, be. I, I, I guess I guess that's the thing, right, is 
you know, looking, looking at it from my point of view, a lot of these, I'm just like, I mean, some of them I can get right. But like, like the, the change of, um, use of dark when referring to evil change to words like vile or dangerous. I get that. And personally, I like it because I've never really seen dark characters as being inherently evil, um, or anything like that. Because how many of the, the heroes in a game are rogues dressed all in black, right? Um, and I mean, again, that could just be because of, you know, the friend group we have, pretty much everyone wears black. That, we're that we're is a how- bunch of goth kids. Come on. Let's <laughs> we're a bunch of goth indie nerds. <laughs> I mean, accurate. Um, so, you know, that's definitely going to put a spin on that for me. But at the same time, things like um, the changing of barbarian hordes to invading hordes. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think there are. I think that can be, you know, um, interpreted negatively. I think. I think barbarian can be used pejoratively. Um, we, the only reason we don't associate it immediately is because there is a class called the barbarian. Well, that's and my point. A lot of people like to play it, but yeah, but you don't change the class. You don't. The class isn't called the invader. Yeah, but that, all of that, exactly, that's my point, right? So they've changed it from like barbarian hordes to invading hordes, but the barbarian class, a core of the game, no, that's still barbarian. So why is why is the one not okay? But having an entire class that you can choose to play as and come from tribes of, which means there are tr- barbarian tribes in the lore of the story. So if one of those tribes, then invade somewhere they're no longer barbarians <laughs> yeah i mean i do i do get your point but i'm i'm in favor of all of these changes and it's for one simple reason right because i saw this news thing as well it was n world that that kind of put it on my facebook mm-hmm. page my objection to it was really nothing to do with wizards of the coast mm. it is to do with the inflated importance that is given to D&D and the lazy sort of journalistic practices. So, because mm. many of the AAA sort of companies and even smaller companies have made these changes long ago, but the moment D&D does it, all of a sudden it's fucking news. And that, when I saw, it, when I saw N-World publish it on, on my Facebook feed, that was going to be my, oh, fuck this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start banging on my fucking keyboard like the warrior that I am. And I went on there and I was about to, you know, put a nice little tongue in cheek sort of prodding fun paragraph. And then I started to read the other comments. Mm. The other comments were, let's say, a majority of people with very similar characteristics. You know, middle-aged white dudes. Mm. And it was a 90% split of them of them going, oh, this is woke and this is bullshit and this is an all-complaining. So immediately my hatred went from I'm poking fun at D&D to, oh, I hate these people and I'm going to poke fun at them instead. Yeah. So my comment was, oh, dear, smells like insecure white guy in here. <laughs> 
which I'm gutted nobody fucking bit. <laughs> nobody bit because I would have I would have gone to town. And two comments down, somebody actually put something along the same lines of what I put, yeah. but a lot more diplomatically and a lot more well thought out. And he got fucking slated. It's like, you a bunch of cowards. <laughs> you know I'm going to give you shit. You know I'm going to enjoy giving you shit for dis- for being disgusting human beings. So 100% Wizards of the Coast, for once you have my full fucking backing. Change any words you like, because the more it pisses these pricks off, the funnier it is for me. Oh, I agree, right? Like, there, there are some things that I'm f- absolutely fine with them changing. But some of these, like, I'm just reading through, like, uh, this, uh, on a link on the story, there's, there's a bunch of, um, where they've put, like, the original with the new version, like, side by side. So, like, for example... You can expect to fight savage orcs, ferocious wolves, giants, and that's where it cuts off. They've changed it to, you can expect to fight ruthless bandits. So orcs can't be ruthless anymore? Okay, so my question to you is, do any of these changes offend you in any way? Or no, do you just look but, at them and just kind of go, meh, I don't see the point? Yeah, that, 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 that is literally my argument. Is, what's the point? Well, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Move on. You know, and the thing is, you are able to do that because I I know that. Oh, yeah. And I know your sort of moral values. You are able to do that. What gets me is you've got these pricks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, they're, they're, they're doing it for a completely different. My only objection is I don't see the point in the changes. Their objections are they're dickheads. Yeah. I mean, and I'm being, I'm being quite civil, (laughs) to be honest. Yes. I could, you know, they are disgusting human beings. They are. They are. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. And the fact that this has pissed them off. Yeah. Wizards of the coast. I call it wizards slash witches of the coast from now on. (laughs) In fact, fuck, you know, why specify the coast? Call it magical people of indeterminate locations. Because fuck those uh, people. I think you're discriminating against non-magical folk. Okay, non-magical and magic. How about people? People of the place. People of the place. <laughs> call it, stop calling it wizards, call it people of the place. And in um, brackets underneath, fuck you all. <laughs> because that, honestly, if that, if that happened, I would be out buying books tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, the the issue is they haven't managed to keep themselves completely clean this week. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and okay, so both of these stories, they don't come from the D&D side of the business. They come from the Magic the Gathering side. So it's not normally something we would cover, but it relates to something that we covered in a recent D&D book. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the D&D book where one of the freelance artists use AI to polish his artwork off, right? To finish it off. Which, to just slightly interject, I think was a bit worse than what we initially suspected. Yes. Some people have actually dissected that art and just kind of gone, there were weird hands fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, two stories have come out this week from the Magic the Gathering side of the business relating to the artwork one is that they used ai art 
um, in the Tomb Raider Secret Lair advert for the advertising that they did, where they basically posted up a bunch of images. Everyone went into the comments on Twitter or X or whatever it is. Um, and they said, that looks like AI art. They deleted the post and then re-released the advert later without those images. <laughs> now, the artwork on the cards, just to clarify, was all designed and illustrated by humans and they didn't touch those. And a bunch of like Magic the Gathering players pointed out that the cards were fine. It was the images around the cards that were not. <laughs> so basically, um, a bunch of very, very intelligent people were able to look at the artwork and the AI manipulations, similar to what you were saying about people dissecting that other bit of art that we looked at. They've yeah. done the same with this and gone, the shadows are off, the shadows are inconsistent with this, and it, it's not how an actual artist would look at the scene. So it's AI art. Um, and yeah, they deleted it and then posted it without, uh, the, like literally same day, deleted it, replaced it. Um, and then we're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Um, and they have not made a statement on it yet. And how long ago did this come to light? Uh, that was, uh, I've lost the date. Where is it? 15th to so five days ago. All no, right. So we, has we been get a weekend into OGL in there, territory here because well, it took them about a week. So. Uh, well, there has been a weekend in that. So actual working days, it's only been like two days, right? All right. Okay. Two so days. Still, we'll, we'll, still we'll give them eternity. That. Well, three days, I guess, because it's the end of, to come to the end of the 20th. But I guess it right, depends on where head office is. But yeah, two to three days they've had. Right. All but right, so what about I agree. They should have said something by now. Oh, the yeah. other one. Not really Magic the Gathering's fault or Wizard's fault. Um, one of the artists stole artwork from another Magic the Gathering artist <laughs> and put it in the background of, like, so basically, and it wasn't like um, his artwork that he'd done for a Magic the Gathering card. It was artwork that he'd done in his personal life. Like, so it was a painting that he's done. And basically the other artist took that painting, flipped it and put it in the background of one of his cards. <laughs> like, Did he draw a mustache? Did he just like draw a mustache on it or something like that? Uh, pretty much. He basically turned down the saturation. <laughs> so it's a little bit Shit. duller. That was it. Fucking hell. Um, and basically the original artist posted on uh, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now. Um, just saying like, Hey guys, this is not okay. Um, and like posted the two images side by side. So you cannot dispute it. Um, and even like the, the artist who did it was like, he said like that he had planned to use it as a, like a reference. And by the time he got to the background, he must've just forgotten to change it in air quotes. I'm going to put it because that's the weakest excuse ever of, Oh yeah, no, I totally planned to change it. I, it was like, you know, like if somebody copied your homework and then was like, no, I definitely changed it, but they didn't. So I, I definitely meant to change it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did change that word. And yeah, this word. I, I changed my name at the top. <laughs> like, I remember, 
I remember when I was uh, studying electronics, um, we had to do a end end of year project. Yeah, and basically, I mean, I was I was flying through the classes anyway. I was I was on the, on the road for like a merit and shit like that because it is something I was really good at. But I just couldn't be fucked doing this project, so I actually got a project offline. And even instead of changing the words, I brought it up in like Word and did a find and replace. Mm-hmm. And I and I can't remember what the specifics were, but I called mine a specific name because you had to it had to be a business. Yeah, yeah. But it was wherever that word appeared, even if it was part of another, another word, word yeah. it would change it. So I didn't. I just went click fucking there, and that's what I feel like wizards have done. <laughs> well, no, not wizards. Just to clarify, right, because okay. because the minute it came to light, wizards swiftly cut ties with the guy that did it, um, and have not made an announcement based on the original artist's uh, comments because um, basically he's not pursuing legal action. He's just said like, guys, this is not okay brought it to attention um, and wizards have immediately gone, right, no, just no, do one, go away. Um, so this does feel like another one of those situations where external contractor has done something dodgy and wizards are getting the heat for it. Um, and it's, it's the issue with like hiring outside contractors, right? Is if they do the dodgy, you're you on the are- hook. You are on the hook. Yeah. Because to be fair, if you're a company with an outside contractor, your vetting process has to be sufficient. Yeah. Um oh, but I am I am willing to give Wizards a bit of a pass on the second one, not on the first one, mm-hmm. obviously. And it just makes it just again comes down to what sort of fucking PR department that company has. It might as well hire us. Yeah. <laughs> The people of that the people that they have are so fucking useless. They may as well hire us. Although, like, j- just on the AI story, I just want to bring up something that somebody mentioned in the comments, and just why I think it's such an ironic statement. So, somebody in the comments of the AI story was like basically saying that they can't see the negative side of people using AI, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And of course, the replies to that were. But if they keep doing AI, then they're going to take away the jobs from these freelancers. But it's the freelancers that keep getting wizards in trouble. Surely they would want to move away from the freelancers at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I can't quite disagree with that, to be honest. Um, Because, like, that's the funny thing to me is, like, both times it's been freelancers that have put wizards in the shit and people keep making the argument off. Yeah. But if you use AI, you're going to take away the jobs from these poor freelancers, but the freelancers are the ones using the AI. (laughs) So all wizards would be doing if they did start using AI themselves would be cutting out the middleman. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a weird one because yes, but then, but then again, wizards should have a bit more of a robust, uh, vetting process in, in involved. However, yeah. as in terms of what D and D have done or what wizards have done, this isn't on the the worst side of the scale. Oh God, no. Yeah, but kind of you have reminded me of of a very interesting story that 
that it came about 10 days ago. We didn't look at, we didn't really report on it last week, but um, it is really interesting. But the person that was kind of the, the spearhead of the whole OGL debacle, yes. Lynn Codega, right? 10 days ago, she was laid off from mm. io9 gizmodo as part of a 23 person editorial restructuring now i haven't really delved into this but i do intend to because if you are a like a press outlet and you have someone who has just garnered the level of prestige that lynn cadega has mm-hmm you don't let them off without there being a much more insidious reason. See, normally I would agree. Um, I'm just trying to find the story because I also did see that the other day. Um, and there was something, there was a reason I didn't really want to, not 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 bring it up, but um, because in, in the initial story where she talks about it, she says it's not the first time that she's been laid off like this. Now, yeah. if if you're getting laid off more than once, is it maybe you? Uh, I don't know. Because, I, mean, I mean, like you say, it, like especially with like the levels of stories she was breaking, they're not going to lay you off unless there's good reason. And to be laid off multiple times, there's got to be something maybe, like maybe, I mean, don't get me wrong, stories are great. Perhaps there's something behind the scenes, obviously, we're not privy to that. I think 100% yeah. there's something behind the scenes. However, I'm more kind of inclined to 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 believe the disenfranchised as to believe <laughs> the large corporation. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the way I always lean. Normally, I um, would. I think for me, it was the, the fact that she says that it's not the first time she's been laid off like this means that. So two big corporations have decided you're not for us. That's not the corporation at that point. That's you. No, I don't know because it was, (laughs) it was part of a restructuring. Um, I, I think that maybe she probably pissed somebody off and Knowing someone like Link Cadega, she probably pissed off someone who didn't want to be pissed off. And yeah, you know, because the amount of stories that she's broken, not just the OGL stuff, mm-hmm. I think there was stuff with um, what's that uh, tabletop making company? Um, ah, fuck, I've, I've forgotten. There was something really insidious about them as well mm. that she uncovered. So, but you know, I hope she lands on it and she fucking will. You know, if we if only we had the money to hire somebody. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'd have the money to afford someone like that. No, no, I've got kids to put through university yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't have any more news. I don't have any neither. No, I am all out of news stories. There was not much news this week. There's a lot of board game and card game related stuff, but not much in our space. All right, well, there are some things that um, kind of carrying on from last week in the segment that we still do not have a name for. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm struggling now. 
I'll th- I, we will think of something. We, we will. We'll th- any suggestions as well? Feel free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's open yeah. it up. If yeah, you've got yeah, a yeah. suggestion for this new sort of community-driven segment, then fucking bring it mm. to us. Um, so the first one um, is was brought to my attention by... One second, once Trello decides to catch up. By <laughs> M. Allen Hall on Threads. And he posted that he has a family-friendly system that he wants to kind of bring to PAX Unplugged. Ooh. And it is called Sprinkles is Missing. Uh, All right. That's and there name. are a few things that I fucking love about this off the bat. One is the design of the book itself. Yes. Once this... So the design of the... So I'll, I'll start with the description, then I'll explain the design of the book because yeah. it is going to make more sense. Yeah. So the, the tagline is looking for the perfect tabletop role-playing game for family game night. Want to spark a love of TTRPGs with a fun and creative game? Venture into an enchanted forest as a student at Arbor Haven Magical Elementary School in Sprinkles is Missing. And the book cover is a locker. Mm-hmm. And it's Sprinkles is Missing. And there's a picture of a unicorn just stuck to this locker. Yep. And I think it is fucking fantastic. It's, it looks amazing. And honestly, I saw that book cover and I'm very tempted to get it because that it combines two things that are massive in my household right now. Tabletop role-playing games and rolling dice, as you experienced with, with you know, my, my little one the other day, rolling my dice with daddy. Buddy. Yeah, playing dice with daddy's friends is one of her favorite things to do. And she's been talking about it nonstop for ages. No, no, no. She, no, that. I'm her. I'm her friend. Uh, yeah. Fuck oh, those yeah. Other guys. No, she was talking about you the other night. Literally last <laughs> night, she was talking about you. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, and unicorns, because unicorns are big in my house right now. Because she is three. <laughs> that is. I've got a five-year-old girl. That is not going to end. I'm well aware. So unicorns I think this this is like perfect for her because she already loves rolling dice and playing dice and stuff, um, as she likes to call it. And this is going to combine like those two loves together for her, and that's awesome. It is. It sounds phenomenal. It's it's an all ages tabletop role playing game. The GM, which is the principal, yep, love that. That's the other thing I love about this. Mm-hmm. Um, guides the players who are the students on an adventure through the forest as they search for their school's missing mascot. The game. It's a procedurally procedurally generated point crawl using statless classed characters, a creative magic system, and a simple D6 dipole, dice pool resolution mechanic. Mm. It sounds amazing for kids. It does. And honestly, even for parents, it's not bad because I was just looking, I clicked on the uh, buy the book button. It's $25. You get a 68 page full color book. It's an A5 book, so it's not going to take up a ton of space as well. And you get a bookmark for that, which uh, has like a rules reference sheet on the bookmark, which is really cool. So yeah, I'm going to be adding to cart. <laughs> there is there is something, and I'm trying to find it, where the principal is a very, you, the GM, essentially, mm. the principal is a very powerful character. Mm. 
in the game. So when any of the players or the player characters, the students, um, suffer a certain level of harm, the principal will interject and rescue them. There is no death. There is no harm. There is no. Ah, I like that. It's, it's not some. That is not something that this game deals with, and mm. I think that is phenomenal. And I wouldn't mind actually getting that for my daughter as well. Yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's absolutely. I'm adding to cart, and I'll be picking that up at the end of the month because that I think that won't even live on my bookshelf. That's going to go on her bookshelf. That's going to be. Her first rule book, I think. I mean, I would get it for my son, but he's a he's eight now and he's far too cool for unicorns. <laughs> which is a shame, but he's yeah, you know. Yeah. It happens. You know. It happens. So I'm I'm gonna stick with no thank you evil for him or the Avatar game. Yes. But for my daughter, yeah, fuck yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. This is this is phenomenal. It's going so, straight yeah. in my basket. So check it out at mallenhall.com. Mm. All right, so another thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I already kind of, I, I already told you about this, but you remember last week when we were looking at those uh, cryptic crit dice? Yes. And we were going, oh, they're awesome, and after Christmas, we're yep. going to buy some. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, apparently after Christmas came early for me. Um, <laughs> Which ones did you get? I got the... Because you told me you bought them. You never told me which ones you bought. I bought the phylactery ones. Oh, okay, yeah. They're like the deep red and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those look they good. Look, I mean, they, they all and, look good, but those ones are and, you. <laughs> and they're arriving tomorrow. Oh, nice. Just in Come time for si- Thursday's game that you won't be at. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got, I've got other plans. I know, but it's um, fine. We'll make do without but, Edgar. You may you may want to check the WhatsApp on that one. Oh God, where's my phone? But yeah, um, so, but yeah, so yeah, I'm looking for. So, but by the way, that's a quick fucking turnaround. Yeah, that is pretty quick actually. Because I I placed the order was well, it I mean, the we, day after the show? Well, yeah, we only spoke about them a week ago. <laughs> so it was like Tuesday. I sent you the message. Basically, yeah. the message was. A, a picture of my, you know, thank you for your order and the word fuck underneath. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I sent to Justin. Yep. Um, and that was, yeah, that was less than a week ago. So less than a week to get from the States to here. That's not bad, man. That's that really not, not bad. bad. Yeah. That's pretty good going. That That is a 20 quid delivery well spent. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so the next thing I'm going to bring up Yarp. is by Cascade Crisis. Mm-hmm. Trello is very slow today. Uh, it's, it's fine for me. Unforgivably slow. It's working fine for might, me. Might be my connection. But, Ooh. okay, Cascade Crisis do bespoke custom minis. Interesting. You can, yes, you can um, fill out a... I'm just going down to the portfolio now. Yeah. Just checking out some of these. Myth- but there is an actual commission form. There's a commission form, yeah. So you can actually create your own minis and get your own bespoke <laughs> STL file. So just like in relation to the story from earlier, the second bullet point on their commission request form is no AI image generation is involved in any part of my process. 
<laughs> now, all obviously, my, all, that's all great work is human, hear. made by yeah, me, a, a human. human. <laughs> now, see, I feel like they're clarifying too much of the human there. That's like that's like that's the uh, exactly what an AI would say. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're failing you you, the Turing test here, my guy. <laughs> do you, Do you think this is Skynet? <laughs> Skynet has become aware and is doing it's like I'm definitely not <laughs> but no like in all seriousness that is good to know though because like the last thing you want especially like with the way AIR is being viewed in the space the last thing you want is to be using it because then you are just opening yourself up to issues in the long run so that is good that they don't but yeah the, I mean I'm just having, really I'm good, going they do look really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm liking the, well, I, I can only call them street sharks because that's what they look like. Yeah. I really like them. They look awesome. And like, the, like as somebody who's looked at a lot of STLs, as you know, mm-hmm. they are really, really good quality STLs. Like th- these yeah. are the kind of stuff that I could whack in my printer and print out very, very good models quickly. Like yeah. it would not take me much to get these models to print nicely. Um, and anybody, and I'm not even very good with my 3d printer. Like I'm so yeah, it's, it's really good. Have you, have you scrolled down to see some of the, the painted ones? Uh, even better. I've gone into their, my mini factory account where you can buy some of the stuff that they've made before. So like oh, the yeah. ice piece or the goblins, uh, or the gomlocks. Uh, which look a bit like Goblin Murlocs, which is an awesome thing, and I kind of want to buy those. Uh, <laughs> now they look really, really cool. No, I've seen the ultimate villain, and I kind of want to buy this and then build a campaign around him. Where the Mi- fuck are you? Is my Mis- mini factory, is that where you're looking? Yep, Mr. Frogworth Witherstool. He is a like proper, dapper, gentlemanly gangster toad. Oh, I'm seeing it now. Right? It's, that's it. That's it. Like, that yeah. was it. If, if you would run blades in the dark and wind of the willows, yes, yes, that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's um, that might that I might be purchasing that later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these, these minis are awesome. Like they are really, really good quality sculpts. Um, they've got decent detail on them. Like they've got enough detail. And this is something that I see with minis as well. Quite often is they'll put too much detail in the sculpts because that's not going to come out in the print. And these have just the right level of detail that they're a really detailed model, but they're not going to have print issues where you're going to lose that detail. Yeah. So these are really, really good. I I like these and I am definitely going to be adding some of these to my folder of things to print. Yeah, I mean the the like I've just brought one up now. Rigby Higby, the human fighter. Yeah, twenty eight mils, thirty two mils, and display size. Um, three dollars seventy five. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I don't really deal with STLs. I don't have a three D printer because I'm not a fancy boy. But that's a really good price. Fucking good. Yeah. That's a really good price. And like, yeah, some of the like printed and painted ones as well. Now, obviously, the painting is going to come down to the individual because if you can't paint as well as this, then they're not going to look that good when you've painted them. But the fact as well, looking at these prints, these weren't printed on a resin print uh, on a resin printer. These were printed on a filament printer, which is. So the the difference is the the level of detail that a filament printer can go to versus a resin printer. And even on a filament one, these look incredible. 
Yeah. So on a resin printer, these would be insane. See, that's kind of what what th- I I'm lost now, obviously, because I don't really have much <laughs> sort of. So the main difference is um, filament printers. You'll see the layer lines when you print them. So, right. for example, if you go down to on the portfolio, right, and I know this isn't going to be that great for the people listening, um, but there's like a flying manta ray thing. Right. Yeah. If you see the top, you can see those circles. Mm. that's the filament layers. Now on a resin printer, that would all be smoothed out, which is going to give you a really good finish and an even better looking model. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, these are fantastic models. No, I mean, they do look, they do look fantastic, but we do have to move on. Fine. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I kind of, I kind of opened something there, but you opened a can of worms. It is castaidcrisis.com. Mm, definitely check it out. They're fantastic, especially if you've got 3D printers. Okay, so the next thing I want to take a look at is. Uh, where was it? Oh, I mean, seriously, Trello is going like absolute shit today. <laughs> But I want to bring up, and I'm speaking slowly so that Trello catches up to me, (laughs) um, a message from Garan93 on Threads. Mm -hmm. He makes 5e D&D character options, and he's got two little solo tabletop role-playing games published. So there are two links in there. There is the drive-thru RPG link, which this is where this dude's been fucking busy, because there is a lot. Yeah. There is a lot of 5e options. I mean, not as a 5e player myself, but I think there are a few 5e players out there, maybe. I don't know. But they they would be definitely interested. Well, he's also done some Pathfinder OGL 2e stuff. What? There's a Combat Medic Rogue, which is Pathfinder OGL 2e. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, I've only seen mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, gargoyle, gargoyle ancestry. Yeah. So yeah, so he's done gargoyles for both Five uh, E and Pathfinder Two E. Gargoyle ancestry. So it looks like he's yes. he's doing a little bit of both, which is pretty cool. I mean, it predominant predominantly Five Five E, yeah. But let's be honest, uh, the Pathfinder Two E OGL has only really just been out in the world. Well, properly. I mean, the OGL. I mean, yeah, that's still. Yeah. "Quote unquote," the old system. Yeah, um, it's still valid. It's still perfectly functional. So yeah, but no, it looks uh, really cool yeah. though. Um, I need to have a look at prices on these. I'm looking at the combat medic rogue. <laughs> okay, I'm a, I'm having a look at the arachne lineage. It's a five E thing, but is it spider? Yes. All right. So I, they all pay what you want. That's amazing. That is I awesome. Mean, obviously, and I'm gonna kind of if if something is pay what you want. Yeah. Do pay something. Yeah. Please support yeah, the people that obli- are making it. I know you're not obliged <laughs> to, but please they, do. <laughs> people like people like Garan here. They put a lot of work into this. Yeah, stuff. I mean, and there is a lot um, of stuff here. And yeah, they they do deserve. Mm. 
at least to some that I know a lot of people can't afford it. But if you are able to do support as much as possible. And the other thing he's done is Cthonaut. Yes. Cthonaut. I don't I have no idea how to pronounce it. I don't know, but it looks awesome. Um, but it is an entrance into an unknown void has been discovered. Your mission is to enter this place and explore it. You will be provided with all the tools you need to explore, stay safe, and return home. All you need to do is document your findings for study and subsequent expeditions. You have to explore alone. We cannot station anyone at the entrance to guide you back, and the equipment locked for the provided gear may malfunction to some extent. It is a single-player tabletop role-playing game. You are in the role of an explorer tasked with charting out the void, an endless shifting alien expanse of pitch-black space. There may be things in the void from odd structures whose purpose is unknowable to creatures of indeterminate size and shape, to sounds and voices echoing from sources unseen. Fuck me, I'm excited right now. Mm. This this just sounds, I mean, Cthulhu-esque. Yeah. Cthon- Cthonaut, I do believe it would be then. Yeah. Because it is definitely Cthulhu-esque, but in the vast expanse of space. It looks so good. And it looks like, ah. I, I was just reading like the character sheet because he's got an example character sheet on there as well. It's a really cool, like, like straightforward character sheet as well. Like it's, it's got that same kind of thing that we've got with um, like from Fabula where your skills have like different dice sizes. So like D4, D6, D8, D10 um, and stuff like that. And the so when you get take like status effects it changes the dice size and stuff like that to alter the rolls and I, I i like that from fabula and the fact that it's being used here as well i like it i can't fault it it's a really cool idea <laughs> yeah i'm i'm liking it i'm i'm just trying to trying to see because the whole dice size thing i wonder if it is actually based on breathless which we were talking about the other the other well, day. It, oh, by the by the way, the the person who is behind Breathless, I'm just going to bring up the gentleman's name now. Uh, I think it's my internet that's going slow because yeah. everything is fucking suffering. Um. So on uh, on threads, he is RPD Eshays. Um, and he's René Pierre. He is a game designer at Fari RPGs. He is the guy that is behind Breathless. Mm. And he basically put it out to threads and kind of went, does anybody want to play test this? I said yes. And he has sent me a copy. So we're going to be playing Breathless at some point. Fantastic. Um, I that would is say, the zombie apocalypse one. I, I would say that it is based on it because um, oh, yeah, on the front cover it says this game is breathless. <laughs> yes, yes, fuck you. I'm literally just saying that. I just had you to point it out. patronizing prick. Yes. <laughs> you say that like it's new information. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> but no, that, that looks awesome. And like, I mean, the the level of the, the stuff that he's got there just looks so good. And the fact that it's like pay what you want as well is just so cool because it just shows that they're they're doing it for for the community not to like line their pocket right because just to clarify just to clarify i don't believe it is pay what you want 
because in order to download this game, you must purchase it. It are above the minimum price. So yeah, yeah. technically it is, but there is a minimum. A minimum, yeah, yeah. So. But, but what I mean is like, let's be honest, for something like that, you could easily charge 20, 25 and people would I buy it. Pro- yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you could do it for five if you wanted to, or if that's all you mm. can afford is really cool. Yeah. And it does look like a, a really cool system. So mm. that is definitely one that I'm going to be kind of looking out. Yeah. For. That looks so, really good. So I think that's it for for this week for, for the threads um, section. There mm-hmm. is more. Yep. Which we will continue to go through in the next week or so. Yep. When we start running out, I'm going to send out the bat signal again <laughs> um, for people to send stuff in. One thing I will say, though, if you do have a podcast, um, make sure you're giving us a full synopsis or at least a website where we can read a full synopsis. Yep. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not a person who enjoys a massive amount of free time. Mm. Um, so listening to podcasts has had to take a bit of a backseat for me. You can yeah. blame the fact that I make a podcast on that. To be yeah, honest. let's let's go let's go with that. Not the fact let's that go we with that. have very busy lives. But yeah, so if you do want to submit a podcast, by all means, go for it. We will help and we will kind of announce it. But we do need more as than much oh, info. this is our podcast. Yeah, as much info as possible. I can't guarantee we're going to have time to listen to it, unfortunately. Mm. Yes. But um, do you want to take a little wander over to the couch? I think we shall. Do you have any questions? I have two questions. I have more questions. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I beat you today. You're letting me down, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got two questions from the same person. I've got. One, I've got one, two, three, four questions from two people, but they are, uh, they are regulars. What can I say? Yeah. We love our regulars. We do. All right. Do you want to, do you want to roll? I did enjoy rolling for it. Well, you've got a lot more questions than me. Yeah, but that just means I'm going to go twice regardless. True. True, 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 true. We need to figure out who's going first. All right, go on then. Let's roll them. All right, have you got dice today, or am I? No, you're rolling. Both am I again. fronting you a set yeah, of dice? Yeah, because mine are the other side of the room. I've literally got a box of dice next to me. Yeah, well, you, you've seen my living room. The end I play dice at is the other end of where my PC is. So. Okay, so I've got a purple and I've got a green. I'm, I'm going purple. I was going to say I'll take the green. Yeah. Yeah, purple's my favorite color. So That's I'm fair. Like yeah. All right then. Okay, let's roll for initiative. Yeah. Justin. Still Justin. You I, have bested I, me. I what? You have beaten me, Justin. What? You I rolled a three. And I rolled you a four. Rolled a four. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> oh, I fucking knew it. Right. Okay. So I, I won, but only because you failed. You failed harder than me. I didn't win. I failed. I failed harder than you. You just failed harder than I did. You win. Okay. So both of my questions are from Sci-Fi. Hey, Sci-Fi. So the first question, uh, he says he is thinking way too much about gaming. And he asks, have you ever had a problem with justification for adventure group doing a quest? Why them? Why now? Why can't the quest giver do it themselves? Et cetera, et cetera. 
and any tips to avoid the cliche chosen ones type event? I have had problems with mm. why the fuck should we care? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think how I resolved it. Because I, I remember, and it wasn't too long ago, there was something where I kind of went, oh, so here's your quest dog. And they went, why? nah, I'm good. Why, do we, why, why are we doing this? So like, it's like, um, well, I think it was um, in the village was, was, uh, one of the biggest ones. So mm. they go, comes to this village. Everything is idyllic. Everything is perfect. It's very much the greater good sort of thing. <laughs> and, the greater um, good. The greater good. <laughs> and immediately they sense, okay, there's something not quite right here. Yeah. And there were little clues that I started adding on. And one of them kind of went, do we really want to be fucking with this? You know, this village is an oasis of safety let's in just, a world that is essentially crumbling. Let's just leave. <laughs> you know, and when they actually got there and they saw that this was an oasis of safety, one of them said, okay, so either something really good is going on here or it's something that's so fucking bad that anything else is afraid of it, which yeah. obviously was the case. Uh, so they kind of so one of them kind of went why are we fucking with it leaving yeah and you know I'd prepared this whole thing and I'm going ah fuck <laughs> but luckily they had a paladin in the group <laughs> love it so they're like oh, okay yeah well there you go um, that, that's your solution just put a paladin in the group <laughs> I, I I dialed up the supernatural horror element of it yeah so then it was something that they could not ignore Mm. So that was the thing. And in, in the chosen one, I I stray away yeah. from the chosen one. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think that, that was that was the point of the question, really, is how to not have to default to the chosen one to justify them going out on this adventure, right? Um I think for me it it's one of those where the character has already made that decision to go on an adventure, right? It's not like you're going up to random people in the tavern saying, hey, you should go do this now, right? Like the the whole premise of a lot of these these stories and games is it's a group of adventurers that are going out adventuring. So they've already kind of made that justification for the adventure in their own backstory. You're just giving them that adventure. Now, what you have to do is make that adventure enticing enough that they go, that's the adventure I want to do. I mean, kind of speaking to that point, um, in the Abomination Vaults game, I do have a player whose character has, on more than one occasion, approached the mayor and kind of gone, can we get help with this sort of thing? Mm. You know, because we're going into this place. This is fucking dangerous. We're... our companions are dying. Mm. You know, can we get help? And my argument to that as the mayor was, I'm I'm sorry. Did you not choose to become an adventurer? Was that not your profession of choice? Mm. Should I just go get the baker to come along and help you? Well, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of that, um, that line from 300, you know, when he's like, we, we thought you, you would at least bring as many soldiers as us. 
And then he goes like through all of them going like, what's your profession? He's like, well, I'm a potter and all that. And then he goes to like to the Spartans like, and Spartans, what is your profession? And they do the big chant thing. I'm not going to do it, but y- you know, the chant Please I mean, do. no, because that would become a soundbite. It's not happening because I'm not making that soundbite for you. I do need a soundbite. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> we need, think, of, think of the listeners. It's not happening. Think of the boost. <laughs> To our audience that we will... No, no, no. It would be the opposite of a boost, but... I think it would be a boost. I mean, if if you take your shirt off as well, that's just going to be for me. But it kind of, like, it, it is that whole vibe, right? Is the this group of people have made that decision that that is what they are going to be doing. It's not up to the town guard because the town guard have other things to do. And it's, again, it's part of that whole fleshing out of the world. Like... A ta- the town guard aren't just sitting around eating donuts, right? <laughs> or whatever the fantasy equivalent of donuts is. Maybe they are. Who knows? But they're going to have other things to do, like the gang activity in the city that they're trying to keep under control. The other things that are trying to attack the city, like the bandits or the goblins or the, I don't know, pick your poison, right? And what they're doing is they are hiring contractors, which is the party, to deal with this problem. Yeah. No, yeah, I yeah, I do agree 100% mm. that that you know, an adventurer that's that's what they that's chose their job, to do yeah. for a fucking It's living. their job. Yeah. You know, they they're welcome to fuck off and retire. It's literally their job. <laughs> that would yeah. be my advice. It's like it's your job. <laughs> Why us? Yeah, because so, it's your job. <laughs> because yeah, because it's your job. You get paid to do this. Yeah. So crack on. Yeah. Why should we do this quest? Because you walked into my office asking for a quest. What do you mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean you, you get you don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, should we just tell the necromancer to fuck off to another town? Yeah. No. That's what we've got. <laughs> um so yeah, so that would be uh that would be my advice is just remind them that as adventurers um, they've literally chosen to do this. That That is what they exist for. Um, now, obviously, they may turn down the job because they don't want to do that job. Fine. That's absolutely fine. You've then got to find a way to either, if it's a like story-critical job, you need to find a way to entice them to do the job, or alternatively, offer an alternative, right? I'll just move the job to another place yeah. and offer it by uh, somebody like, else. Like, I mean, you're a big fan re- of that. Reword it, repurpose, reskin, GGs. File off the serial number yep. and reuse. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, right, so yeah. I, hope we answer, I do hope we answered that mm. one. Okay, so my first question is from Corvus, mm-hmm. who is writing to us from Donova Got Donova. <laughs> I love it. It's a fabulous ultima thing. Yeah. I, do, I do like that. I do love that. Words. That is good. What would what would you say as GM players, GM slash players, mm-hmm. is the singular defining moment for you as tabletop role playing game folks? Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. Um, I think for me, it would probably be um, in our first campaign that we were playing in. Um, just the the fun, like the the camaraderie around the table, the 
like just, just it was just a really fun time like getting to bounce off of each other and experiencing that all for the first time i think was really good for me and then obviously we it all culminated in the big story of me being in a tree <laughs> which, um, which i still get shit for to this day oh you still get shit for forever <laughs> for me um it was again going back to scott's game yeah. it was scott kind of revealing something to us that he initially had us starting out playing the Dragon's Demand module for Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. And due to decisions, <laughs> most likely dumb fucking decisions I don't know what you're that about. we made, that's how his homebrew started. Mm. And he went, oh no, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. But because you did A, B, and C... Left turn. This is what we're doing instead. Yeah. And that was what I kind of went when I went, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so we don't have constraints. Mm. And it was like, no, narratively, no, you don't. Mm. It's, you know, you role play a character. You make your decisions based on what you would do mm. as said character. Yeah. And if that affects the overall story and the direction the story is going in, Great. So be it. Yeah. And that's when I went, I'm going to enjoy this. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that was definitely, I think I'd probably, I think I'd already left by that point. um, Because I think that was after I'd moved that he switched to his own stuff. Um, No, 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 no. Was it not? No, we only did Dragon's Demand like two sessions. Oh, really? That's how quickly we fucked him. (laughs) Fucking went off the rails. Steve, man. It was all Steve's fault. No, I blame Steve. Fucking, Steve. The fucking skeleton. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, that was yeah. yeah I think that, yeah, Scott's game. There you go. That, that's Scott's some, game. Some, Scott. Scott is our defining moment in this this whole hobby. Um, that's weird to say, <laughs> but it is. Um, no, I, we and to, to be honest, I've said as much yeah, to him I mean, on this well, very show. Yeah, we've we've said it numerous times on the show as well, and I think it, it was because. Scott gave every single one of us at that table exactly what we needed from the hobby to kind of go, Oh, I can, I can get into this. Um, because every single person that was at that table still plays to this day. Yeah. Every single one of us. Yeah. To, to some degree, I think some of us more. Yeah. I think me probably most out of all of us. Yeah. You definitely play more than most of us. I dick around with character builds more than any of us. Mm. Um, because that's the the part of it that I enjoyed the most, right? Um, and yeah, it, it's just we we all kind of found our niche in this hobby because Scott went, yeah, go for it, yeah, do what you want, <laughs> yeah. and you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of bounce off you, and that yeah. that's the sort of GM that the Scott is, and yeah. that's Scott's comfort zone, exactly. Well. Yeah, and, and I think that was the the big thing for us because at no point did any of us have someone going no you can't do that hmm. unless it was like wildly out of the rules <laughs> yeah. unless there was somewhat dumb yeah which was probably done by my character <laughs> but yeah so hopefully that answers that one um right so do you want me to do a second yeah, question you, you go with the second one, one and then, then i'll do one and then you do your last two yeah i think that works. all right so the first one from me sorry the second one from me is from couch mm-hmm is getting 1.21 gigawatts to power to the flux capacitor one point twenty one. Um, I know this may sound weird, but would you consider doing a challenge run? Mm. I know this is mainly a video game thing, Mm -hmm. but seeing stories of the insert class here, 
Only party make me think, what room would you like to be a part of in an AP? Oh, interesting. I've got one. Okay, you go first then, because I need to think. I don't think this is massively original. I think it has been mm-hmm. said multiple occasions, uh, but it's one that I, I'd like mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. A musical group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of all bards. Yeah. And They're just you like a, have a touring to, band. <laughs> yeah, you have to go around, you have to tour, you have to perform, you have to build your brand mm-hmm. and build your, your group, but at the same time, you solve mysteries and you do adventuring <laughs> to kind of finance the band. I do quite like that. I do quite like that. Um, yeah, I mean, and plus bards. I mean, I want to play all bards. Yeah. It's just going to be absolute fucking chaos. See, that would be a lot of fun. Um, part of me would really like to play a group of all warlocks where essentially, and it's something that I've actually thought about maybe writing because I think it would be quite funny to do. Essentially, it starts off with you guys being just a group of, you know, however many players, warlocks, and then you start like, you know, gathering on Fridays to discuss your patron, etc., etc., and slowly more people start showing up to talk about. So kind of the same sort of thing of like building your brand, but you're trying to so build you're basically a, building a religion. You're building a cult. You're building a cult. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the end of the campaign is a group of adventurers comes to try and stop you because you're now a cult in this city. <laughs> I like that. That's a fucking nice twist. I think it would be quite funny because like it starts off with like, you know, these guys just like, oh yeah, no, this is my patron. His name is you know, insert patron here. And then it's like, oh, I know him. He he talks to me all the time as well. And then <laughs> I think there's a few more steps involved, but, but to them, I don't it's, think it's, no, it's like hey, to them, it's like it's you, just a book club type thing. Like they're just gathering on a Friday to discuss, like you know, their week. Hey, do you like do you like comets? Because I like comets. <laughs> cult. <Yeah. laughs> that's how it works, right? I think so. Yeah. I do. I do think that's, that's, how, that's, it works. that's how it works now. So yeah, I think that would be quite fun. Just like a, a group of warlocks, all with the same patron, uh, and then they're, they're slowly building out a cult following of this patron and building out the cult. And then the the like grand finale battle is a group of like adventurers coming in to yeah fight them. And you could even do that as like two separate games. So you have one group playing the adventuring party trying to find this cult, and the other group playing the cult. So it's actually just two groups playing against each other. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested in that. There is a a podcast or a, an actual play. They, they do Pathfinder Second Edition that they will do these like mm. insane runs. Like they were doing Abomination Vaults, and it was all gunslingers, <laughs> which I thought was fucking phenomenal. What more do you want in a dungeon crawl where <laughs> stealth is sometimes a necessity? Pew, pew. Than- <laughs> People that make a ton of fucking noise every time oh, they fight. That'd be amazing. Um, and yeah, they, they do these runs. And I do need to find out, remember what they were called. Because, yeah, I'd have to pay attention because I, I don't really listen to them. Oh, but yeah. That, but yeah. Yeah, I, that would be actually. That fun. would be fun. All right. You got another yes. one from good old sci-fi. I do have another one from sci-fi. Um, so he is still thinking way too much. And he asks, do you bother with creating custom monsters 
or just use something from the monster manual. What cool monster mechanics do you enjoy the most? Hmm. Right. I do build customs Mm -hmm. if and when necessary. Yeah, if 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 the narrative leans towards it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's a full build. Sometimes I'll start fresh and yep. build. Sometimes I'll get a creature and repurpose yep. it for, for what I need. In terms of what creature mechanics I enjoy, I do like, like the swallow hole mechanic <laughs> and things related to basically consuming them. Ah, oh, those instant death mechanics. <laughs> It sends people into a fucking battle, and it is great. Uh, yeah, no, that's that. I mean, yeah, that is a good fun one. Um, I mean, I, I also, I, I will tend to repurpose where I can, and maybe like base it on something, but then tweak it to fit the narrative better and stuff like that. Um, the the project thing that I was, I mentioned earlier that I said, I'll talk about later. This is why I was going to talk about it later. Cause it relates to this question quite well. Um, so the thing that I'm building is one of the, the raids in old school runescape. I personally feel would make a really, really cool little, um, AP or like just a short thing. Right. Um, essentially, it's got four separate puzzle rooms, and at the end of each puzzle room is a boss fight. And then after all of those boss fights, you've got big boss fight, and that's the raid. So I started right. building that out in Five E because obviously that's the system that I play and know. Um, now, obviously, the boss mechanics I wanted to try and translate them as is from the game, and so I had to then kind of work out how to do it. So the coolest mechanic that I've built into 5e from that was a, it's kind of like a mid boss puzzle room where the boss disappears and the floor is, it's separated into four sections and it becomes like a memory game. So it lights up in different colors and they have to go stand in that quadrant um, or they, take damage. So like it, like they stand in a quadrant, that quadrant is safe. And then like a fireball explodes on the other quadrants. Right. Um, and they have to move around to do that. And then the boss fight continues afterwards. So that's quite a cool one that I've been working on. Um, and that, yeah, that's what I was going to, and the, the crafting element is I'm actually going to build all of these rooms out with like the puzzles and stuff. <laughs> fun. I'm uh, looking forward to yeah, seeing yeah. pictures. It's going to be awesome when I get it going, but yeah. Um, we will probably put pictures up on the blog. I think yes. I'm going to start repurposing it for, for stuff like that. Yeah. Like some of the pictures that, that we've seen from some of the the thread stuff that yeah. we've done today. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of chuck on there mm. um, just to kind of use the blog, to be fair. Yes. Um, all right. So I do have another question from Couch. Go for it. Um, where I am, I don't need roads. <laughs> Magic is very static in most games with lists of pre-written spells. Mm-hmm. Would you agree to let a player make their own spells if it suited their character? And what spell would you like to create for flavor character fun? Mm. Simple question. Nope. <laughs> See, I both would and wouldn't because the issue is the minute you start allowing homebrew into a game from the players, you're opening a very, very slippery slope to chaos, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the reason. It's- but 
I would be very intrigued to see what they came up with because, as you well know, I love me the math. <laughs> so I'd, I'd want to see it just to like see what they came up with and like look at it and you know it could be quite interesting and quite fun but would i let them use it in a game probably not because then you've got that whole thing of is it fair to the other players at the table because they're not going to have these really cool things and yeah so I probably wouldn't allow it at the table but i definitely want to see it yeah i mean i'd encourage them i'd encourage the build if that makes mm. any sense but yeah, it would have to go through some massively yeah, yeah. heavily vetting sort of <laughs> processes. Yeah. You know, some 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 serious heavy vetting. That <laughs> <laughs> that in order like... to, to just <laughs> And I love a bit of heavy vetting when you're a teenager. Yeah. Good old heavy vetting. Uh, but good old heavy vetting over the clothes stuff. It's great. <laughs> um but yeah. There would have to be a lot of that involved mm. for me to kind of go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to allow that. Mm. I mean, even third party stuff, I'd be kind of let me take a look. Yeah. Um, I've for Pathfinder Second Edition, it wouldn't be too difficult because the math because you like the math and the math in that system is fucking tight. Mm. So it would be a lot easier to make something balanced. Yeah. But then again, the list of spells that are already existing. If you can't find something that you... It's pretty close. <laughs> that is pretty close, then you're not looking yeah. hard enough to be fair. Because I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, th- There's always the possibility to reflavor a spell. That's not out of the question, right? To fit a... Yeah. Like, if somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, well, we've got Fireball, but like my character wouldn't really use Fire. Could we change it to a different element? I'm not going to be against that. No, I mean, that that's okay. So, mm. you know. Instead of doing fire damage, you do cold damage. Yeah. Um, It's the same thing, but... Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully that answers that one. Yeah. And I believe you've got one more. And in terms of what spell would you like to create for flavor character fun? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, Nah. I would really like to create not a spell, but as a class. And I know that Pathfinder already has one. I would love to create some kind of constitution caster for 5e. Um, so, and then there would be a lot of obviously like maybe like blood magic and stuff like that involved because they are using their life force and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that's something I'd like to create as a class, but not a specific spell. Yeah. I can't think of a spell that I would like to create. Mm. Um, okay. So. Uh, last one, also from Couch, mm-hmm. from the planet Vulcan. Kind of, you know, I was expecting more back <laughs> yeah, to the future shit. Yeah, left turn, left turn. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so half hour into a campaign, would you be happy to accept new players? After a group has been formed, would you try to bring someone else in? <sighs> we have seen this before, and for someone, <coughs> cough, just in cough, it ended with leaving. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, it's a tricky one. Like, cause at, at a certain point, there's going to be so much backstory with the characters trying to bring anyone else in is going to be tricky and really difficult, um, to kind of make them feel part of the group. Um, I don't I don't know where the cutoff would be, but it would be one of those things where I think with the group you'd be able to kind of tell 
you'd hit a point where you'd be like, right, it'd be super difficult to bring anyone in now. I mean, like, for example, my current homebrew, they're hitting, they're at level 18. Mm. We've got two levels to go. I'm wrapping it up at 20. Yeah. There's no point. Yeah. But other than that, other than kind of going, yeah, we may as well start something fresh. For me, it's more about the person and the group than it is about the story and the campaign. Yeah. So, for example, if I'm running a table and someone approaches me and says, look, I really want to get into this. Um, is it, Do you have any space at the table? I will bring it up to my group mm. and say, look, here's the situation. I've got a chance to bring someone else in. What do you think? Yeah. What do you feel? If everyone's in a grill, I don't really see a cutoff point. Right now, obviously, with my, my current campaign hitting, approaching the end, yeah, there might not be much of a point, but I wouldn't let that stop me. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't let where we are in the campaign be a reason. It would have to be down to the other players. Yeah. If they turned around and went, nah, sorry, then that's it. I would stick. I would stick to that. But if they were all happy with it, yeah, fucking bring it. More the merrier. Bring in, make new friends, et cetera, et cetera. The, the important aspect of it is to discuss it with the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it was more just uh, along, for me, it was along the lines of bringing them in and then, because like, at that, at certain points in in the story and stuff, right? There's going to be like in jokes, like like we had with like Steve the skeleton, right? Stuff like that, or um, with Tyke's fear of spiders and him using his sword as like a checking for spiders in front of him device and stuff like that, right? Those kind of jokes can be really, um, I can't think of the word, um, but like if somebody came in and like the gr- core group has all of these in-jokes, stuff like that, it's going to be a lot harder for them at that point to kind of get into the group, if that makes sense, like out of the table, out of the game as well. Um, and I think that would be my concern with bringing someone in past a certain point is a lot of those in-jokes and funny stuff that's happened to the group, it, it could make that player feel left out unintentionally. But I mean, that is something that you would also have to consider as well. Exactly. And yeah. the player would have to consider. Yeah, just kind of absolutely, go, yeah. You're walking into an established paradigm. Yeah. Um, I can't promise that you were immediately going to fit in. Yeah. And sometimes they won't. But it's just a case of, you know, it, I'd, I'd definitely be, be interested in, in opening my group up to, mm. to more players. Yeah, but I think we're both in agreement that the only real hard cutoff would be as you're wrapping up the campaign. Yeah. Anything prior to that, it would be down to the individual, the group, etc. Because, for example, if like the player that wants to join already knows and gets on with and is part of the same friend group as everyone that's there, then you're not going to have that problem, right? Because they're going to fit in with the group anyway. So they're not going to feel that left out element that if it was a complete stranger that wanted to join. Um, like, for example if they knew you, but they didn't know anyone else in the group, it's going to be a lot harder for them to join in later in a campaign than if they already knew everyone in the group and like went out drinking with them on a Saturday or whatever. Right. So that's something else to consider as well. Right. Well, I think that answers that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I just want to thank uh, Couch, Corvus, and Sci-Fi for sending in some fantastic questions. I want to say thank you to you, Justin, for spending oh, some time with me this evening. It's always good to see your beautiful face. Why are you lying? Ah, <laughs> oh, it is. You're gorgeous. Um, if you're out there and you like what you hear, then please don't hesitate to share us. Um, rate, review, anything you can. Let's let's boost this community. Um, Justin, do you want to tell people where they can kind of find you on on the internet? Absolutely. So I'm pretty much online everywhere at Just an Accurate TV. Um, you can also find me over on Twitch. I play video games there every once in a while. Um, same name over there, and obviously on the Facebook page as well. Yes, we do have a Facebook page, mm. which you're welcome to join and come and hang out. We also have a Threads account. We have an Instagram account. We have a TikTok account. Um, Threads is where we're kind of finding that the community is a lot more thriving. And we are absolutely loving it there i i'm kind of really fucking am mm. um so that is probably a good place to to grab hold of us as for me myself you can pick me you can find me at dice.camp as at natural one mm-hmm. and most importantly i want to thank everybody who's taken time out of their busy day to listen to two idiots waffle on about tabletop role-playing games thank you very much good night see you later everyone <laughs>